The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the web. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's a local attorney and certified information privacy professional. She's the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, From Victim to Victor, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. She's testified many times in Congress and the California Legislature on privacy and identity theft issues. And you may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, ABC, O'Reilly Factor, and many other shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash Privacy Piracy. Hey, Mari, what's our show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about visual privacy, and we are going to be speaking with two executives from 3M Company, who I had the pleasure of meeting, and they do fantastic work, and it's very exciting what they're doing with regard to visual privacy. Let me tell you a little bit about each one of them. First, let me introduce you to Paul A. Conley III. Paul joined 3M in 2001, and he has had various brand marketing roles in four different divisions. He began his current role in the November of 2012 in the Optical Systems Division, and serves as the, as the global marketing manager for the consumer electronics aftermath, aftermarket business. And prior to that position, Paul worked in the consumer healthcare division. He has done tremendous amount of work, and he has also held other marketing positions at other companies, and we're just thrilled to have him wait till you hear what he tells us. Our other wonderful guest, also from 3M, another executive, is Bill uh Bill Simser, and he joined 3M in 2012 as the marketing manager of the 3M visual privacy business. And prior to joining 3M, Bill held the position of marketing director for Valspar's uh, coil cording div- division. And he spent over 10 years with 3M spinoff, Emation, where he held a variety of product management and business development Uh, positions as well. So they have a lot more, we could find out a lot more about them at our website at KUCI.org slash privacy piracy. But I want to get into talking to them because they, I know the great work that they're doing. So first I want to tell you um, how exciting uh, I I thought 3M is. It's an incredible company and I, I just thought we should talk a little bit about that because I went to their innovation center and I was incredibly impressed with all of the inventions and the things that they're doing. So, Paul, you've been with that company quite a long time. Can you tell a little bit more about the company? I and mean, people see, you know, the magnetic tape, but I don't think they realize what an innovative company it is. Well, first of all, Mari, thanks a lot for having us on. And sure, I'd be glad to tell you about 3M. Uh, we really pride ourselves in being a technology company. And so we have a number of different technologies that span a number of different industries. Um, and when you came up to visit us, you saw our innovation center. And really the intent of the innovation center is to tell the 3M story and to show, um, really show the world and show our customers how we can help 
um, really solve their problems and make their lives easier um, and really um, help their, their companies be successful along with 3M. And, and I love what you all are doing with the topic of privacy. So, Paul, maybe you could tell a little bit about how 3M fits in with the topic of privacy. Absolutely. We recognize that visual privacy is extremely relevant um, it's a, and a very important issue, and I'm thrilled to be able to talk to you about it um, this morning. Uh, visual privacy, the definition of it is the act of protecting sensitive, confidential, and private information. Um, the reason that this is a, such a significant issue is that we are all using devices um, really constantly, uh, which can sometimes unknowingly expose um, information on those devices to visual hackers. Um, visual hackers or visual hacking is defined as the act of viewing or capturing sensitive, confidential, and private information uh, for unauthorized use. So to combat this phenomenon of visual hacking, 3M has a wide range of privacy filter solutions for displays, including monitors, notebooks, tablets, and smartphones. Um, so we spend a lot of time kind of understanding the, the issue and then working on uh, that technology to solve the problem uh, to really give people the peace of mind um, that they want and they need and they deserve. Yeah, and I love my privacy filter. So, Bill, why don't you tell how that 3M privacy filter works? It's, it's great. It's amazing. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, you know, when you think about how the privacy works, you know, really the best way to think about it is the technology is very dissimilar to technology you'd find in a vertical blind. So what the technology does is it blocks side-angle viewing through the use of thousands and thousands of these very, very thin, thinner than the human hair, actually, uh, miniature blinds or what we call micro-louvers. So the construction of the filter has millions of these micro-louvers. And what the filter actually does is it prevents unwanted viewing from side view. So an onlooker or an intruder doesn't have access to the display uh, that the intended audience is looking at. So the simplest example would be you're sitting in the middle seat on an airplane. The person to your immediate left or your right can't see what's on your display because the micro-louver technology prevents them from seeing uh, what's on your display. So it gives you uh, the, the ability to see everything on your screen, your display, a, a computer screen or a, a tablet, but the person sitting to your side can see what's on your display. Yeah, it just looks like, <clears throat> it just looks dark. You can't read anything, and I love it. And so it's not just, <clears throat> you don't just have it on a laptop. You also have it on other devices, too. Why don't you explain that? Yeah, that's right. So really, um, anywhere where information is going to be displayed, we want to protect that. So it could be very commonly seen on a laptop. So if you're traveling at an airport, you may see someone who's got a privacy filter. And as you said, you won't be able to see what's on their display. It'll be blacked out. Uh, it'll prevent uh, an intruder or an onlooker or a visual hacker, as Paul said earlier, from seeing what's on your display. Uh, but you're seeing it more and more on mobile devices like a smartphone. Uh, everyone's carrying with them a smartphone now. So having a privacy film filter on that device to protect it is critical. Same with tablets. And also within uh, the workspace, uh, large monitors are becoming more and more commonplace. So when you're in an open 
work environment, it's important to protect your display not only from fellow workers but also from people who are coming into that office and you don't want to make them have access to what's on your display if it's confidential or proprietary information. Right, and now all these smartphones are getting so big, too. I mean, you can watch a movie on them. You could, you could, watch, you could do, you know, a lot of work on those smartphones and people sit around with them at Starbucks or whatever and they don't realize that they might be exposing all this sensitive data to other people. So it's really important to be able to use it on your smartphone or, or your slate or whatever. So let's talk about some of the benefits um, to upholding visual privacy. I mean, think about it at the workplace or, or even personally. Paul, why don't you talk to that? Yeah, certainly. I mean, using our solutions gives you uh, peace of mind because you are able to prevent visual hacking. Mara, you brought up a great point in terms of the types of devices that we work on. Uh, the devices are getting bigger and they're getting brighter and they're, they're getting easier to see for us, but that also means that the information on your display is becoming a lot more visible to people around you um, that you might not always be uh, sensitive to. So that um, feeling of security that you get when you use a 3M privacy filter um, really helps you uh, in terms of, of being productive uh, and being able to work on information um, that might be sensitive that you might not want um, to get out um, to others that are, that are in viewing, you know, in the viewing angle of your display. Um, there have been a number of studies in this area. Uh, one of the studies was done by Hugh Thompson a couple of years ago entitled Visual Privacy Data Breach <laughs> Risk Assessment. The reason I bring this up is that um, it really quantifies um, that issue that I was speaking to. Um, in the study, Hugh brought out that 67% of employees expose sensitive data outside the workplace, including customer credit card data and Social Security numbers. So as you can imagine, those are extremely sensitive and can create uh, big issues not only for individuals but also for companies as people are doing um, work in more places, workers are more mobile, um, we're having to be productive um, in, in different places, and that's great, but the problem that that introduces is this information now is, is visible and accessible um, sometimes to the general public. Um, another thing to keep in mind is that we all carry cameras with us. So all of our smartphones have cameras, and, and a lot of them have very high-resolution cameras. Right. And so what that allows is visual hackers to use that tool to actually capture the information on your display, um, and, and they have a permanent record of that information, and, and unfortunately they can use that um, for, uh, for their purposes. Yeah. So that would be visual hacking, whether it's, you know, you get up to go to the bathroom on the airplane and you leave your laptop open or you have, you know, even just regular hard copy. <laughs> That's a visual hacking, too, if you have hard copy things sitting in front of you. So I remember years ago in when Clinton was president, I was asked to come and speak on uh, financial privacy at the White House, and they didn't give me much time, and I was working on my speech and I was sitting in the middle, just like you're talking about, on from to from Orange County, uh, from Los Angeles, all the way to the East Coast, to Washington, D.C. And I was sitting in the middle, and I was trying to work on it. And in those years, I didn't have a privacy filter. 
And I remember trying to use my arms to, to cover it because they said, don't let anybody see what you're writing. And, oh, my gosh, <laughs> I wasn't very productive. I ended up getting to D.C. and then having to work until 3 in the morning because I couldn't work on that five-hour airplane flight because people were sitting right next to me, and I knew they could see everything. So in those years, if I would have had a privacy filter, I would have been able to be much more productive. So, I mean, I experienced that myself. I I really get it. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting. Um, I think it's human nature that people's eyes are are drawn to a bright light. So people will look and see what's on displays, and and they may not have um, ill will or they may may not be uh, intending to steal information. But, you know, when you're in those types of situations and when you're on some of those routes, like you mentioned, from Orange County to D.C., um, you may be on a route where your competitor is sitting behind you or next to you and, and you didn't realize that, and all of a sudden you've given them a piece of information that you would have rather them have not seen. Right. They may just be bored <laughs> and looking and then, you know, then you feel really awkward. It is a very awkward feeling, but I, I know I do feel better when I know that I that I have my privacy screen. And it was funny because I was at a meeting uh, for the state bar and I was um, doing some some work and the person next to me said, I can, you know, and I said, oh, yeah, I can see that right here. And he said, I can't even see your screen. You know, I went, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I had to show him. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, you can't see my screen. That's right. I'm glad you can't see my screen. So, yeah, it's once you have it, it's just um, it's second nature. It's not very hard to put on. You just put it on, and you could take it off if you do want to share, at least the one that I have, you know, the and it's uh, it's just portable. It's great. So, you know, We've actually, I was just going to mention that um, Larry Poneman did a study on uh, on productivity. So exactly, you know, what you're talking to uh, when you got to D.C. and had to work through the night. Um, he um, actually measured um, employees using privacy filters and not using privacy filters, and he found that employees are 50% less productive when they feel their visual privacy on their screen is at risk. Right. Um, you know, so that really brings home um, in a quantitative way um, how serious of an issue this is because, you know, companies like 3M and, and other large companies obviously have workforces that are traveling all over the world, um, and you, you simply have to be productive while you're traveling. Um, and if you don't have a way to protect the information on your screen, um, you may just assume either watch a movie or turn it off and, and therefore not be working on, uh, on what you need to accomplish. Exactly, exactly. And there are a lot of people, you know, I'm originally from Chicago and all my family, you know, a lot of them take the train to work. So it's not even, you know, a lot of people take a train or or whatever, you know, if they're taking mass transit to work, and they want to be productive, they want to get things done. And that's a problem. I've done that myself, where I've had to take a train to Los Angeles from Orange County for a deposition or something. And, you know, I don't want anybody seeing what I've got next to you know and people are you know they're sitting there they're curious <laughs> that's Absolutely. that's who we are we're curious people and you know we really don't want to be exposing our our client sensitive data and um and so i think that's a, that's a real problem and people you know they don't think about it they may get annoyed with it you know I look at someone and say well gee you know what are you working on <laughs> you know well i don't want to share what i'm working on with you <laughs> you know right so, there 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 are definitely personal and professional reasons yeah yeah. So, um, let's see. What industries do you think, Bill, um, should that should be most interested about and most concerned with visual privacy? 
and visual a, hacking? Yeah, that's a great, great question. You know, when you look at uh, where is visual hacking most prevalent or what type of companies or organizations or industries should be most concerned. And the reality is it really applies to just about anyone. So both on a personal level and a professional level, anytime you're dealing with sensitive, confidential information, you should be concerned with your visual privacy uh, you know, being at risk. So there are a number of industries that we've really looked at over the years that really have made it heightened awareness to ensuring that their visual privacy of their employees when they're traveling are is secure. One that comes to mind uh, is healthcare. You know, everyone knows protecting patient records is critical. Um, we all know and are very familiar with some of the HIPAA regulations to protect patient records. Uh, but what a privacy filter can actually do is help those health facilities strengthen and comply with uh, visual uh, regulations like HIPAA. Uh, also, the Department of Health and Human Services actually lists the use of privacy filters as a good example of a physical safeguard for protecting patient information. So healthcare is one area that we know it's essential uh, that uh, privacy and visual privacy uh, be protected. Another area is government. It could be both state, local, federal. Um, there are so many regulations around safeguarding national secrets, uh, and uh, citizen information. So government employees are very cognizant about uh, making sure that when they're accessing sensitive confidential information, it's being held in the most secure manner and it's away from prying eyes or someone who may want to get information that uh, they could use, you know, either as a uh, kind of a cyber attack or just in, in general just making sure that information is protected. So regulations continue to change, and uh, as government employees continue to work outside the walls of their offices, making sure that while they're in public, that their information is being secured on that smartphone or that tablet or that, that uh, computer as they're traveling. So that's certainly an area that um, continues to see a lot uh, more exposure and government employees making sure that they're protecting information. Another area um, is the financial markets. So that could be banking, financial services, it could be consulting firms, basically anybody who is accessing sensitive client information. So really protecting and safeguarding your client information and that client trust is paramount. So if you're um, working as a consultant, going into a company and doing work for them, you always want to make sure that your devices are protected. So as you travel, that client information is not being exposed. So again, it really gets back to maintaining that trust um, from your client and making sure that you're not exposing any of their information into the public. You know, Bill, you're so right. And in my profession, in the legal profession, we have, you know, a, a fiduciary duty to our clients to protect their confidences. So it's not just, you know, money and social security numbers, um, you know, the whether it's um, talking about their intellectual property or really just their the strategy in, in a case or whatever the negotiation that you're going to be in. So we have a duty to protect confidentiality 
and and privacy in our profession. So that is a huge area in the legal profession that we need to keep things um, protected as well. And then, you know, this morning we were talking about at the university level, and here we are on the campus of the University of California in Irvine. And, you know, students may be thinking, you know what, if I worked hard and I studied hard, I don't want the guy next to me to copy from my what I'm doing and, and get a good grade when I'm the one that studied, right? That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, you, you think about all the hard work uh, that a student puts in, and uh, they want that work to be their own. They don't want the person next to them uh, being able to, you know, copy off of their uh, their work. Um, we're seeing more and more uh, testing facilities um, having the, the need and the requirement for privacy. So as uh, technology changes and the way students uh, take tests now, more of it's being done online, on computers, so protecting that display, that computer screen, so the person next to you uh, is doing their own work and not copying yours. Yeah, and, and not only that, when we talk about privacy, if if you're sitting in class and, you know, a lot of these chairs are close, <laughs> close to each other, right. and if you're waiting before class and you want to write something to your loved one, <laughs> uh, you don't want the next person next to you seeing what you're writing. And, these, and, you know, we were just talking about how so many of these smartphones are really pretty big now. You know, you got the Samsung and you've got the LG. I was just looking at all these different ones, how much bigger they are, right? And right. so you're sitting in class and you're writing something to your sweetie, and the person next to you is looking at what you're writing. So that isn't something you want to be sharing right. either. So, um, you know, so for young people on the campuses, that that's just a, another thing to think about is, is protecting your privacy. Absolutely. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about um, where the attacks, uh, the visual pri- hacking seems to occur the most. Right. Who wants to address that one? Yeah, I can take that one, Mari. Um, you know, really, what you try to do is what we call avoid these danger zones. And, you know, we talked a lot about that business traveler, that frequent traveler, and, uh, you know, someone who's on an airplane, a train, a subway, um, even in a coffee shop. Those are areas where, you know, it's a danger zone. You're, um, as you said earlier, you get up to uh, use the restroom, go get a cup of coffee. If your display is exposed, whatever's on your uh, display is open to the public. And as we said earlier, everyone having a smartphone in their pocket, you can take a picture and it's immediately captured. Yeah. But there are, there are other areas too. If you think about, I mentioned earlier, healthcare is a great example. So think about some of the areas within a uh, health facility, a hospital uh, where patient information can be exposed. So patient records, billing information, credit card information. If there's a computer that's uh, that's displaying that information, someone passing by can easily see that unless that's secured. Physicians are now carrying mobile devices with them. We talked about tablets and smartphones being bigger. Um, you really can't go see a physician today without them uh, having some type of a device with them, a mobile device that they're accessing their records, looking at your files. So as they go from patient to patient, making sure that that information is secure um, is is paramount for them. Yeah, and I think I was telling you guys this morning that, you know, um, a lot of my doctors now are all carrying these um, 
iPads with them. Right. And, you know, they leave, you know, if they leave it in the room and then they'll not only have my information on it, but they'll have the next patient's information who was right before me. So that would be another reason to uh, really protect that so I can't see it if they're leaving that unless I'm, you know, nosy enough to pick it up, which I wouldn't be. But, um, yeah. So what what are some questions, Paul, that privacy and security professionals really should ask when they're considering using or, or buying a uh, privacy filter? Well, they should definitely take a look at um, their employee base, and they should figure out, you know, how often are um, employees traveling? Um, how often are they flying? Are they commuting on public transit? Um, and then what level of information do they have access to? So how sensitive is the data um, that they have responsibility for? Uh, some of those areas could be um, in the financial department, in the finance department, in the human resources area, um, you know, those that handle that consumer data, those um, Social Security numbers and that protected information, um, credit card numbers and account numbers and that type of information. So really just taking an, you know, an assessment of, of how um, critical is the information that um, these folks manage. Um, and then time spent working outside the office. You know, I thought it was interesting in, in Bill talking through uh, physicians and having, you know, and you also mentioned that physicians now have iPads and other devices that they're using. You know, with connectivity and cloud computing across a lot of different industries, um, we're all accessing um, our work information that used to be just accessed at the desk, um, but now it's available pretty much 24-7 wherever we are. And so um, that time spent working outside the office uh, looking at this sensitive information um, is something that um, IT and security professionals need to uh, understand within their organization. Um, And then I'd also say what level are employees within the organization. Uh, The more senior um, that you get in the organization, um, typically they would have um, more access to trade secret information, confidential information, uh, potentially mergers and acquisitions and things that uh, are extremely sensitive and are, are, are important to keep uh, private. So those are some of the um, areas that um, I would recommend just basically understanding within your team, within your group, within your uh, company, and that can give you kind of an idea of who should um, look at some solutions for protecting your visual privacy. And, you know, Paul and Bill, remember we were talking this morning about the fact that companies forget about their um, contract labor. You know, they hire someone to, to to do some work for them. And, you know, this person has access to very sensitive data. And they're obviously not working at the at the office. They're often working at their own office or at their home or wherever. And so they also should be considering using it because they are often very mobile, and they also should should be required, I think, to have privacy filters to protect the data that they're uh, collecting from, from your company and that they have on their mobile devices. So that's, that's another thing to remember. Absolutely. You know, another best practice that we see is just kind of taking a visual audit. Um, so actually walking around your facility and seeing the displays and seeing, you know, kind of what your field of vision is and how far away from these workspaces that you can be and still gather information. And then just kind of understand what type of, uh, you know, is it just an employee-restricted area or is this a place where visitors come in? 
Um, so just kind of understanding um, who is potentially going to see that information and then taking steps to, to mitigate that through um, adopting 3M privacy filters or rearranging the, the, the workstation or restricting access or a number of different physical procedures that you can put in to increase your, your visual security profile. Yeah, well, we are just out of time, but we have time for you to give the website so people can learn more about uh, visual privacy and visual privacy hacking. So do you want to give the website for us? Absolutely. Go to 3mscreens.com. Okay, thanks so much, and we'll see you soon. We'll have you back again and keep up the great work and all of the wonderful innovation. It's really exciting. So thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Mari. Okay, bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8 a.m. and visit our website at KUCI.org slash privacy piracy. And thank you so much for joining us. Bye-bye. Stay private. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. 